Hey everybody, welcome to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I've got my great, amazing, wonderful, super smart, super fit. I'll add I'll add to the list. Uh, Ash, it's great to have you back. You know, we had some some holidays there and you got to enjoy time in Costa Rica, which yes. I'd love to hear about. You know, and as did I. I, grew, I enjoyed some time down in South America and in North Carolina. Now I've got 2020 kind of jam-packed with things that I love to do, which I'm so excited about. You know, I've kind of had this, this epiphany where, you know, there's only two things you can change in life. It's you can change the things you do or the way you do them. And I'm really going to do change both, right? I'm going to really upgrade my choices, the decisions I make I have to be intentional and I have to want to do them. And the things that I want to do, it makes it really, really easy for me to do them really, really well. Right. And I think that's one realization that people need to have in life is, you know, don't make commitments that you don't want to keep and don't make commitments that you can't keep. This concept of integrity that keeps I keep bringing up and that maybe that's the theme of my life from now until the day that I die is, is massive, massive integrity. And again, it's hard, especially when you're busy and it's the world is pulling your attention in so many different directions to actually be a person that lives with integrity. And that's why that's something that I'm going to attach myself to as much as I possibly can, you know, 100% if, if possible, and never make a commitment that I don't want to keep and never make a commitment that I can't keep, certainly, and move heaven and earth to maintain commitments because it's so hard, right? It's so hard to not. And again, I'm doing my best. It's all, I tend to be the type of person who says, you know, I want to help everybody. I'm like, yes, I can help you. But then it takes away from so many other great things that you're doing. And you see my schedule, Ash, it's like, I've done this. Okay. I got 30 seconds to get to that thing, or I'm already 30 seconds late to get to that thing. And it's, you know, I'm really going to do my best to not make so many commitments to learn to say no to a lot more things, delegate a lot more and uh, really just work on my highest and best and, and contribute to this mission that Muscle Intelligence has to ultimately kind of be the catalyst to be the carrier of, you know, amazing information, positive insights, uh, gratitude, and um, just giving everybody a positive light in sometimes this world that's a bit dark and stormy. And um, that's really what the mission is. That's a big deal. That's a big mission. And I appreciate you saying too, that you have to work on this yourself and that you are learning to do things like say no, even when you want to say yes to everything, because you want to do everything and you want to help everybody. But one thing that I'd kind of respond back to that is no matter how busy you are or how how big your mission is, we all have to learn to prioritize and realize that we can't do everything, right? So even if you have every resource in the world and you're the smartest, most organized person in the world, you still can't say yes to everything and it's going to hurt you and the people you're trying to help if you do. So having setting intention and setting priorities and, and trying to figure out like what is your thing? What is the thing you want to accomplish? And what are the goals that are going to get you there? I mean, that's key. You can't say yes to everything, whether you want to or not. Yeah. And I think a book that comes to mind that everyone should read if this conversation resonates with you is The One Thing by Gary Keller. And you know, it's exactly what the title suggests. It's, it's not the most complex read. It's literally just learning to focus, learning to say no. And the subtitle is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. That's really the truth, right? Is It's so easy to become distracted in this world of, you know, so many things seem compelling. Everyone's got, you know, some degree of FOMO or, uh, you know, some type of envy. And, you know, they want to they want to keep up with everybody else instead of focusing on what they're focusing on. The reason this comes up is, you know, I had a great workout this morning and the guy I was working with was, you know, is this an aspiring, uh, I guess he's aspiring at many things and I won't throw out who he is, but, and just this idea of staying focused. And I kind of started dwelling back on my career and looking at what allowed me to be successful. And, and the reality is when I was 17 years old, I made the decision that I was going to compete in the Mr. Olympia contest. And, you know, this, you know, what was for me at the time, a long-term vision, a long-term goal, long-term mission uh, objective. 
And that's what I trained for. And I started explaining that to him in every workout. And like, it was like, Hey man, it's not about this workout necessarily. It's not about winning this next show. It's not about winning your pro card. It's not about, you know, anything. It's about this big picture goal that I have is every single thing I'm doing contributing directly to this big picture goal of being on the Mr. Olympia stage. And it really makes decision-making so much easier. It makes me working hard so much easier. It puts things into perspective about like, you know, people blowing smoke up your butt constantly about how great you look or, or how bad you look. And at the end of the day, what, what I look like today or how I, what I do today doesn't matter. As long as it's checking all the boxes on a day-to-day basis that are, I need to do to, to make this goal accomplished, right? So as a professional bodybuilder, I needed to make sure that I had a great workout. I needed to make sure that I prepared to have a great workout. My body was, my mind was set. I need to make sure I hit all my meals for that day and all my macros. I need to make sure that I slept well. I need to make sure that I breathed. I need to make sure that I meditated. I need to make sure that I walked. I need to make sure that I did all the things that would contribute directly to that goal. And if I did that and I could check all those boxes, but then I knew I did was doing absolutely everything I could to accomplish that goal. And not everyone listening to this wants to be a bodybuilder, but I think what no matter what goal you're after, right? This this idea of setting big picture, long-term goals, right? The VISTA, the, the 10 year, 25 year plan allows you to cut away from the noise and the nonsense. It's so easy to get distracted you know, by the shiny red object over there and say, oh, that looks really nice right now. But if you know that the big mission in 10 years, 20 years, 50 years is like, that's where I want to end up. It's very easy to go, well, that's not contributing to the mission. So, you know, at times during my career, I got maybe blamed or accused of being ruthless, but that's really what it was. It was like, well, if that isn't contributing to this, why would I do it? You know, I'm going to go, my friends are going to go and party. Well, great. That's not making my Olympia dream come true. So forget it. And I was so myopically focused on that, that, you know, it was, it was a blessing to my success, but it was also a curse to many of my relationships and many of the sacrifices I had to make. And I think anyone who's a high level athlete or a high level business person gets it. There's always going to be things that you have to cut away from your life. And and that's really the only way to succeed is, you know, just be so single-mindedly focused on this thing. And that doesn't mean you can't do other things, but you just have to realize if, is this taking away, you know, it's either a plus one or it's a minus one, right? So I'm either moving one step closer or I'm not only not moving one step closer, but I'm also moving one step back. So in reality, that's like two spots backward, right? So is this event or this decision going to be neutral to me, which means I can stay here, or, or am I, I going to move forward or am I going to move back? And it's one of them. And you have to make that decision. So definitely don't want to be taking any steps back. So, you know, for people who are trying to lose fat, people who are trying to build muscle, just ask yourself that question, right? As far as my big picture goal, what I want to do in the long term, is this a plus one, a zero, or a minus one? And ideally, get as many plus ones as you can in the day. You're ascending the proverbial mountain, right? You're moving closer. And that's all life is about is setting those process goals that bring you closer and closer to where you want to be. I had no intention of starting this podcast this way, but I guess it went down a great path. You always do that. You're like, hey, how was Costa Rica? Wait, let's talk about massive life goals and how we're going to achieve them. But, but I don't blame you because this is actually a very good segue into something we were just talking about offline, about how we want to sort of have a little bit more engagement from people who are listening to the podcast instead of just putting out great information, which you're doing, having people kind of give some information back. And I think that that this is a really good sort of intro into that conversation. You're always getting messages. I'm getting messages too from people who listen to Muscle Intelligence about the things that they're learning and the things that they've gained from the podcast and the things that they're maybe changing or implementing in their life. And it's amazing. Like those kind of messages are incredible. And I hope that you take a moment to sort of appreciate how much of a, and how much of an impact I'm saying, I'm not saying you don't appreciate it. I'm just saying the impact that you have. But one of the things we were talking about is making sure that, you know, we have people really respond to the actual messages 
messages that we're putting out on the Q&A. So like one of the things we were going to try to do is talking about these changes that you're making in the new year, talking about things that you're learning and you're trying to implement in your own life, having some of the listeners maybe talk about some of the things that they've taken away from the podcast and what they're doing in their life as a result of something they've learned. It doesn't have to be from a Q&A. It can be from any of the guests you've had, but just sort of tagging us and telling us some of the things that they've learned so that we can see it and we can share it because you can't, you know, you can't repost every single DM that you get, it would be a little bit crazy. But doing it this way and having people kind of share and just creating that environment where people are sharing what they're learning and what's meaningful to them, I think is a really cool idea. So maybe we can start that today and have people do that. Yeah, I'd love to do that. And one of the things that I'm really working on in my life is to create almost like an ethos, like like a really clear mission and value statement so that everyone who, who listens to the podcast can really start to understand what we're about. And there's never any ambiguity. I think that's a huge problem in a lot of businesses is having those really clear value statements and the really clear mission that people can either go, yes, I want to listen to this. And yes, I want to learn more about this or I don't. It's, it's, it's polarizing. And that's really the objective that I've created for myself. I spent a lot of time on it in Colombia when I was kind of disconnected and, you know, sometimes getting into those deep um, esoteric mindsets is not always easy. Uh, you really have to be disconnected for a few days before your brain starts to get clarity on what is my mission. You know, it's so easy to get distracted by the day-to-day nonsense. And I always say that it's like most people in life are looking three to six inches in front of their face and they never get a chance to see the big picture, right? They never get to see the forest for the trees. They're, they're too busy with the thing that's right in front of their face. And that's what prevents you from making massive progress and making an impact is in order to make an impact, you need to look, step back, stop doing the day-to-day things for at least a short period of time and look and and feel and see what you want to do big picture and how you can impact and how all these pieces amazingly fit together and all the opportunities that sit right there in front of you and how to make them all fit and which one you really want to do, right? So most people are so busy being busy and busy, you know, checking up on Instagram and busy, you know, making the enough money to make the bill to, to pay the bills. I get it. Like it's a necessary part of life, but the people who get ahead are the ones that are able and make themselves able to step back and breathe and exist and feel and meditate on what do I want to do? What lights my soul on fire? What makes me get up at 4.30 in the morning and fucking love it, right? Like, I'm like, holy shit, I'm so blessed. You know, you wake, I wake up every day and, and literally like get in a cold shower and, and the thing that comes to life, I, I smile and I say, I'm alive. And that sounds so odd, but like, I'm alive. And, and that discomfort that I feel or that cold lets me know how alive I really am. And the deeper I can get into that cold and discomfort, I just go, wow, I'm so grateful to be alive and have this body that responds to these stimuli, right? Because ultimately death is is the lack of response to a stimulus, right? If something, things stop, if your body stops responding, you die. So if I can get a really intense stimulus that my body responds to, I know I'm deeper and deeper and deeper into this aliveness that I feel. That's so beautiful, right? And that's, I was talking about how we can thrive in 2020 is create a morning routine that lets you know you're alive. And that's breathing and appreciating every breath and then doing something that's hard, doing something that anchors your body. It could be exercise, it could be meditation, it could be cold showers, it could be all of them. All those things are things that let you know that, gosh, I'm alive and being present in this reality that I'm alive and life is awesome. And yeah, that's it. Like, I mean, anchoring yourself to that is a powerful place. I have a similar gratitude morning experience to you. I just have it like three hours later than you do, but we all got to start somewhere. I'm not waking up. Nothing nothing gets me up at 4.30, but I'm working on it. But I will say, just to close the loop on this and then to invite again people on social media to 
to join in this with us. Maybe I will just kind of talk about something that I've taken away from the podcast since we've started working together and, and I've been fortunate enough to be a part of this over the last six months. Something that I've learned from you and from working with you and from listening to the podcast and some of the things that you kind of touch on over and over again is, and we were just talking about it, but it's the idea of having intention behind everything you do and that working towards a greater goal. And I think it sounds like common sense when you say it out loud, but so many of us, even type A ambitious, hardworking people, we often, like you said, are just kind of doing the thing that's in front of us because we're doing it and it's there. And even if it's productive, even if it's going to the gym every day, or it's like reading reading about a subject that we're interested in or writing or journaling every day. But if we aren't doing it with sort of a mindfulness about the purpose of it and what it's leading to, we could still be wasting our time, even if we're doing something good. And I think about it like when I go to the gym and I'll have periods of time where I don't necessarily have any goals. I don't really have any intention. I'm not really putting a lot of effort or mindfulness into it. And it's not, it's maybe I'll, I'll say it's a zero, not a minus one, right? Because I'm still going to the gym. I'm getting those endorphins. I'm being physically fit and active, but I'm not working towards anything. I'm not getting closer to the things that I want. And I think that one of the things that just being in regular contact with you and, and being a part of this podcast is it's always kind of bringing my mind back to that. Like when I'm working on any project, when I'm making any new relationships, when I'm doing anything in the gym, like, what is the purpose of this? What am I doing it for? How is this going to help me or the people in my community? Just being more mindful and intentional about it is something that I, and it's already moving the needle as far as what I think I'm accomplishing in life, which is a pretty big deal. So anyway, so I appreciate it. That's what I've learned. And I think that if people can kind of share what they've learned on social media and tag us on Instagram, and then we can, we can share it and maybe pick somebody and, and give them a treat for interacting with us. Uh, well, thank you for that, Ash. I mean, that, that's awesome. There's something actually interesting that you said in there that's that's maybe worth acknowledging and maybe just give people perspective on thinking about things that you like doing versus things that are actually beneficial in moving the needle. That There's sometimes a contrast there, right? Like, like there's things that I like doing that at times in my life don't necessarily help or maybe are detrimental or take away. That's a really interesting dynamic that people live, right? Is sometimes we like being very social. And sometimes we like you know, spending time with our friends. And sometimes we like being on social media and you know eating ice cream and, and whatever, but maybe they're not directly contributing to your goals. And if you can make those two things line up, that's when things really start to take off, right? Is creating positive habits that really light you up and make you feel great and also contribute to your goal. And that's this idea that I live, you know, every, every day is I've never worked a day in my life, yet I worked 18 hours a day, right? It's, you know, I'm doing things that I love. I'm helping people in a way that I love. I'm learning and I'm so passionate about all of those things and getting to do podcasts with you and with amazing guests, you know, that these people that I'm now calling superheroes of body and mind. Um, I think there's so much to be learned there, right? Is trying to create those habits that are directly contributing to your mission and your goal. And if it's not, like, I'm not saying don't do it, because like with my mentorship clients, I actually intentionally plan joy, which I don't know if we've talked about this before, but like some people have a really hard time being happy and have a hard time feeling joyful or have a hard time taking a break to, to stop and smell the roses. And so we've literally got to the point with some people where I'm like, hey, during this hour, we're gonna plan something that brings you joy. So we, we make a list. You know, for me, it's like kids or it's, you know, reading a book or it's meditating or it's going for a walk or it's exercise. And all those things are things that bring me direct joy and happiness. And I plan them now, right? I, I don't allow myself to get too caught in the trap of being busy on things that are important, but maybe not necessarily, you know, the greatest difference makers in my life. And I intentionally plan joy. And it sounds like planning sex almost, right? You're like, oh, well, this is important. 
we have to do this. So I think that's important for people to maybe to, to latch on to is try to make those two things match up where the things that are that you love and the things that are contributing to your mission. And if you can't, then you need to make sure that you're at the very least planning joy every single day, ideally first thing in the morning, right? And this comes to back to this idea of, of a morning routine. Because if I start my day in a blissful place, in a place where I know that I have this massive ear-to-ear smile on my face, feeling like my soul is full, think of how much more I bring to the world. Like I come to the, the universe with just being like, man, I got an S on my chest and I can take anything, throw it to me, bring it to me. I got this coach, put me in, right? Whereas if I wake up in the morning and I'm kind of dreading it and I haven't got my brain focused and things just don't go the same way because people won't come at you with the same opportunities. They won't come to you for the same answers because you don't come at the world with the same skill set, right? So this is so important to wake up this every day and go, I got this. You know, give me the ball, coach. I can, I can run, man. Put me in. Like, whatever it is, I can tackle it. And that doesn't happen by accident. You know, nobody's born with that. You learn that and you, you build that over building small victories, right? Little daily micro wins is what builds that confidence. Then you, you can wake up every morning with a smile on your face and going, thank you. Thank you. I'm alive. Thank you. I got to wake up this morning and bring that attitude to the world. You will take over your life. You will crush everything. People will give you raises. They'll give you more money. They will pay you just to be in your presence because people want to surround themselves with that stuff. It seems so uh, simple and maybe so vague, but it, it really is that simple. I mean, the reason you and I get along so well is when we met, I was like, this chick's confident. She speaks well and she, she knows where she's going in life. And it's like, that, that's all I needed. Like the second I met you, I was like, well, this, this great, this lady's great. And like, it's energy, right? It's like you brought this confidence and, and this, this belief in yourself. And that's the same way with everybody I meet. Like anyone who I hire or anybody I work with is like, I want, that's all, that's what I want around me all the time. So why would I hire someone who's got a great skill set, but they're an asshole, yeah. right? Like that doesn't make sense. I don't want to be around those people. Like no matter how great they are at what they do, like I just want nothing to do with that, right? And that, that's what people need to understand in life is yep. just set yourself apart from the crowd by yep. being grateful, by being empowered, by empowering other people. That's what people want. And that's how you create relationships and opportunities. Yeah. Being confident but not an asshole is a superpower. <laughs> It's hard it's hard to walk that line sometimes. And I also got to say that I think you're the only person I know who finds waking up at 4:30 and taking a cold shower synonymous with joy. But I guess we all got to find our joy in our own way. But how could how could you find it, right? So that's the thing like, you know, as I say in the deepest depths of your heart is set, smile. Like how can you find the joy in the discomfort? Right? That that's the ultimate that's the ultimate in life. Well, I can, and I can get behind that. Like I, like speaking of learning skills or doing things that maybe don't necessarily directly relate to your goals, but don't take away from them either is an example. Bring it back to our beautiful time in Central and South America in December. I learned how to surf in Costa Rica. I had never really surfed before and I didn't go in planning to do it. Just the people I was with, they were all surfers. And I was like, why the hell not? I'm on this beautiful beach. I might as well give it a go. And of course, it's like any new skill, especially one that kind of takes a high degree of technical ability or strength or confidence. Like you suck for a long time and you don't know what you're doing and you bail and maybe hurt yourself. And there's like an element of sort of fear and uncertainty there. But 
I never for a minute let those parts of it stop me. Like, I just think it's fun. Learning something new is fun. And sucking at something for a while too is also fun. Like, don't take yourself so seriously. Like, everybody starts and doesn't know what they're doing. And if people try to convince you that that's not true, they're full of shit. Like, everybody starts somewhere, looks stupid, doesn't know what they're doing, and you get so much out of it. You get so such a sense of accomplishment when you try something completely new and, and gain any kind of competence in it. And I had so much more fun than if I had just decided to sit on the beach and kind of watch everybody else do it. So that's one thing I'm proud of. And I think that a lot of people I know that are really successful people share that kind of characteristic that they're no matter how important or big a deal you are, you're always willing to start at the bottom, start from the beginning and, and learn new things. And that was like one of the highlights of my December. Good for you. That sounds awesome. And you know, speaking to that, I forget what I was listening to recently, but something along those lines where in children, they can pretty much determine who's going to be successful people and who won't be in life based on exactly that, right? Who finds joy in the process and failing and like, oh, I didn't do it right this time. Let's go again. Let's do it again. Let's go it again. Let's go it again. And they can literally correlate, oh, this person's going to go off and do this because you know, they have this uh, psychological attachment to, I didn't do it perfectly this time. I wanted like th- this almost like dopamine. I think it was Dr. Huberman actually was talking about this. It may or may not have been on the podcast. You know, the psychological addiction almost to, you know, dopamine. And dopamine is this seeking neurotransmitter, right? Like I, ha- I see something over there and I want to go get it. I get dopamine when I want to go get it. And most people, unfortunately, as we, t- we often speak about is, you know, we're, we're bombarded with dopamine without having to seek anything. You know, if I want to eat, I go to the fridge. If I want to get some um, a relaxation or, or some stimulus, I go to the television. And, and there's no more like desire, seek, response, right? It's desire, response, desire, response. There's no more seeking in society. So people are just have this kind of abundance of dopamine and never have to seek it. And therefore we, we become almost saturated and have too much dopamine. And, and it's another dopamine receptors maybe become downregulated. So these kids who create an association in their brain with having to seek things and they, they achieve a reward at the end of this seeking, maybe the reward is the seeking. That's the people that succeed. And that's really what we need to do is because, you know, life has been made way too simple for us. There's nothing else that's challenging in life. You have to intentionally create this, I go after things mentality and I get them, you know, this idea of like, I seek and I destroy or I seek and I acquire. And that's really what's correlated with growth. And so here's an interesting thing. I actually wrote an article article of the weekend that I sometimes write articles and I don't ever release them. There's really two things. You know, people talk about motivation, right? Like, I don't have any motivation. Well, yes, you do. You have, you have endless motivation that lives inside of you, but it's dependent on two things. And it's dependent on testosterone and it's dependent on dopamine. And what's the problem in society right now is that everything is built around low testosterone and low dopamine. It's intentional that way, right? It's like people's body compositions are shit. So what happens to testosterone? Toilet. People's activity level is abysmal. So what happens to testosterone? Toilet. And so body composition, increased estrogen, testosterone goes to the toilet. You're eating too many calories. Your cortisol goes up. Your, your testosterone goes in the toilet. You're stressed blue light, all these things are causing sympathetic arousal, testosterone hits the, hits the tank. So by design, you have no motivation. Now, as far as the other end of it, dopamine, well, you have television, you have social media, you have you know anything you want, food at your immediate disposal, you can get dopamine whenever you want it. So now it's just always there. You have this abundance and now the receptors become downregulated. So those two pieces that are correlated with motivation it's built into society that those are going to be shitty. Those are going to, you know, even looking at drinking water and, and things like glyphosate destroying your microbiome, which now we know is going to aff- affect inflammation, which we now know is going to affect decreasing testosterone. That's built into the system. Fluoride, chloride, all those things are going to decrease testosterone. 
So how do you overcome it, right? It's almost like we're set up to not be able to overcome this. I mean, arguably we are set up to not be able to overcome this because we don't want people who are motivated and driven and and ultimately want to outlet want to lash out against you know the, the man, right? We want people who are going to be conformists. So if you can become mindful of this stuff and realize testosterone and dopamine are, are your two best friends, what am I doing right now? Are these contributing testosterone and dopamine or is it taking away? And if you're in any way taking away, you're literally sapping yourself of the motivation you need to get ahead of everything in life. If anyone wakes up in the morning and doesn't feel like getting up or they have a hard time getting up or they hit the snooze button or if they're having a hard time with their body composition or not getting motivated about their goals, you are a victim to the to the box. You're living inside this box and you, re- you need to, if this is your objective in life, break free. We've got to break free. And, and the only way to do it is to like, hey, I have to be lean. I have to know, my, I know my body composition has to be under 10 to 12%. I know I need to exercise. And I need to do something really, really hard every day. I need to eat meat. Like it or not, guys, like meat is correlated with testosterone, right? I need to keep my stress down. So therefore, I should probably meditate, right? I need to have sex. That's important to testosterone, right? I need to have physical connection relationships. That's important to testosterone. All of these things are things that our, our society is literally built against. So how are societies built now, right? Like nobody touches each other. Nobody goes near each other because it's fear. Like, oh, somebody's going to get sued for touching it the wrong way. Or, you know, we're not even, we don't even know our neighbors for fear of like, uh, who knows what's going to happen, right? There's everything, all of those things I just listed are literally built into society working against you. Yeah. And then there's also social media and the way our work is set up so that we don't actually interact with people or go out anymore. Like even in my generation, like our generation, we're not really old people. And I remember when I was young, like young, young, you know, like teens, early 20s, and you're like going out and trying to meet people, you'd go to like a bar or like you'd go out somewhere and meet people and people don't do that anymore. Like I have friends who are like, oh, I'm trying to date and I don't know, like which app do I get on and I don't want to go out anymore. It's like, like, energy. It's ridiculous. Have you heard about, this was like, I forget what article it was. I think it was some Silicon Valley guys, but have you heard these people who are doing dopamine fasts? Did you hear about this? No, that sounds good though. Good. Yeah, I I have to find the article. Maybe I'll try and find it and put it in the show notes. But it was like some dudes and I think they were Silicon Valley guys, but kind of speaking to what you were saying that like, we're just constantly just force feeding ourselves dopamine from like eating food and like watching Netflix or whatever it is social media. And these guys were like purposely doing dopamine fasts where they wouldn't be like they wouldn't have any social media, any screens, they like were either fasting or like eating super bland food or whatever. They were like purposely putting themselves into this like ascetic lifestyle where they had no pleasure basically so that when they were done they could feel it again and um, i thought it was kind of interesting interesting idea brilliant i think uh, you know spending a week up in in the mountains like same idea is you're so disconnected like you don't realize how messed up day-to-day life is until you, you disconnect and have no cell phone reception and, and no ultimate connection to the world without having to actually go 30 minutes in either direction. It's so interesting. And, and I think that week alone recharged my batteries. You know, there's certainly times when I feel like I'm burning the candle at both ends, but I mean, I love what I do. So I never feel like I'm working, but it's just like, shit, I know I'm not sleeping enough. I know I'm not really eating really well or eating enough. I'm not exercising as many times a week as I'd like to, because I have this goal, this goal, this goal. And it's always like, well, when that's done, then I'll do this. But guess what? Those goals keep stacking on top of each other. And I'm very much a goal achiever, which it's like, hey, this is a blessing and a curse again. It's like when you set a goal, nothing stands in my way till I do it. But then again, sometimes 
people, other people standing in your way of, of doing it as far as like not meeting their end of the bargain, right? And then you end up doing twice as much work and taking everyone else's work. And you take the weight of the world on your shoulder and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, I didn't do all the things that I need to recharge my batteries. But this idea of a dopamine fast, I, I'm very curious where you heard that, Ash, and I'll, I'll maybe look it up. And if you have some insight, I'd love to look at that. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it because it, it was like a few weeks ago, but I remember thinking, actually, it's funny because it was over the holidays. I'm like, oh yeah, Ben's going to want to hear about this one. Like I should have <laughs> kept it, but I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it because it definitely exists out there. And I mean, again, things are always sort of, you hear about the most extreme examples, like most people probably aren't going to take it to the steps that these guys did. But just again, the consideration of like, it's the same thing as people who do like no booze in January or no sugar or whatever. I mean, I know that's just one thing, but it's about getting rid of the stuff that is just making us sort of numb and so that we can enjoy it again. Like I've had many conversations with my girlfriends and I'm not like a nutrition coach. I'm just somebody who knows a fair bit and has common sense. And I have so many of my girlfriends who literally, they don't lift. So they're not like me, like eating twice their weight and protein every day, but they're like, I can't seem to lose this weight. And I just have this belly and I'm soft and I don't know what to do. And I hardly eat anything. And I'm like, okay, well, that's your first problem. Your second problem is that you drink wine every single night. It's a cultural thing. You do it to relax and to unwind and like all this stuff. And it, you don't even enjoy it anymore. Like a glass of wine, delicious glass of wine with steak on Friday night is supposed to be a like amazing sensory pleasure. It's not supposed to be something you do every single night to get through your day, right? So the idea of getting rid of it, I know it's difficult and like we all know that addiction or whatever our vices or crutches are, it's not easy to just get rid of it, but that's the point. That's the whole point of it. So get rid of that shit and then maybe bring it back in and try to figure out how to incorporate it in your life so that it's a positive, special treat that you really, really pay attention to instead of just this thing that's there all the time. Yeah. And the unfortunate reality is that we all have excuses around why it's okay. Right. And especially with like phones, like, and I actually found myself doing this last week and I was like, Oh, better stop doing that. Never do that again. Cause I work on my phone. Like I, I find myself sending emails and I send myself, you know, doing whatever, writing sometimes, taking notes, uh, orchestrating things that need to happen for my business. I find myself using my phone when I shouldn't be like with my kids. I was like, yeah, you know, I just have to finish this on my phone. And, I, and they, all they see, they don't see what I'm doing. Like, for all they know, I'm on Instagram screwing around. So I thinking about that, like I need to stop that, you know, I, like, and, and we've created this association, this attachment to, I need to do this. I have this, this piece here. So I'm actually going to set this goal to not work on my phone anymore, but just to work from my computer so that they see, Hey, dad's on his computer. That's work. He's not playing on the phone because they think phone, they think Instagram and video games, right? Yeah. So like, it doesn't matter what the reality is. What matters is what they perceive. And that's so, so important to me that my kids know that they're the greatest priority. And actually this aligns perfectly with one of the guests we have coming up. Ash is Dr. Tina Bryson coming on to talk about parenting and disconnecting. And I, be, I forget exactly what the title of her most recent book is, but with Dr. Dan Siegel, it's just this idea of showing up as a parent, right? It's like being there, being present, not being on your phone and being an a-hole, realizing that your kid looks at you and they go, my, my parent is now choosing this piece of technology over me. This is more important. And in the scope of a, the life of a child, their worldview is very, very small. Their world exists in your house and maybe in their classroom and that's it, right? Your world is, is everything. It's online. It's all these, these politics and problems and, and life and whatever. Their world is very small. So when you do something like that and tell them that they're less important, that crushes their soul. And I did that twice this week. And, and that's why I made a commitment to myself. I was like, no. I can't do this. And, and it was ironic because I'll tell the story very quickly. I had, I had some work to do and uh, my son had hockey and, and he goes, you know, dad, are you going to take me to hockey? I said, no, buddy, I'm not going to take it hockey. I have work to do. He goes, okay, no problem. To him, that that's fine. No problem. He talked to me. I'm like, I got work to do. What ended up happening? I had to take him to hockey. And while I went to hockey, 
I was like, well, I still have to do this work. So I'm sitting there on my phone while I was playing hockey. And when he was on the ice, I was watching. But between the games, I was in the middle of something. And I was like, I'm just going to finish this. And uh, I just wanted to wrap it up so I could put the phone away and have to look at it. And he goes, hey, dad, can you? I'm like, just a minute, buddy. He kept going. He goes, hey, dad. And I go, just a minute, buddy. And I go, oh, man, like, no. Like, you know, he just got the impression that you know, even if it's once, that phone is more important than him. And I was like, man, that's just a terrible, terrible thing. So I need to switch that, right? And so I was like, no matter, like, he, he was okay with me not being there. But when I'm in front of him, I need to give him my time and attention, I guess, is the point. And kids are so perceptive to these things. And I just gave him this message that, hey, man, you're not as important as my work. You're not as important as my phone or whatever the hell else I'm doing on this phone. And that's just a terrible message for building the amazing little humans that I'm hoping to develop, right? Is I just want, I want to let these kids develop at their greatness and not put a bunch of BS on them. Cause I really believe we're all born great. We're all born with everything we need, all the love and, and all the caring and all the, the creativity and the desire, but it's all the BS that's put on top of you about your self-worth from people not giving you the value you deserve. So I, you know, I slapped myself on the wrist for that one and kind of committed that that's not happening anymore. It's amazing. The new book, I believe, is called The Power of Showing Up, but Tina Bryson's written a, a number of books. So yeah, I think that'll be super, super helpful to people listening. And also the story you just told goes for any relationship in your life too, right? Like sometimes we often take for granted the people that are the most important and the closest to us because we assume they're always going to be there, right? Like you could say the same for like, talking to your parents or you go home on vacation and you spend time with them and like you're already sort of rolling your eyes or scrolling Instagram because your parents are talking about whatever or you know your partner or your friends like these people who are the ones that are always there for you and have your back and love you unconditionally they're the ones you should be giving the most attention and time right so man isn't that ironic you know I don't know if it was you and I asked somebody came up to me recently and said hey uh, I want to build a business and you know I have a really hard time getting clients and and you know I'm not really sure what to do and I said okay well, who do you meet with or who do you see on like a week-to-week basis? Like, give me a list of all the people you see and you talk to. And then, so they, they created this list of people for me. And they started naming them off. And I said, okay, well, how much have you helped all those people? Well, I haven't. Well, why not? Well, because, you know, they, they don't have this goal or, or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, here's the greatest opportunity you have in your life is the people who are sitting right in front of you. They don't have to be paying customers, but they're an opportunity for you to learn and for you to gain testimonials. Like if I help my mom lose 10 pounds, my mom is going to be my greatest advocate. If I help my grandma or my aunt or my employees or whomever directly with their issues, with their goals, whatever the hell is this business you're trying to build is, they're sitting right in front of you. Like take the time. I know it's hard to get parents to listen to you, et cetera, but like you have people in your life that right now you can help for free and you're spending time with them anyways. So why not become the leader in your little community, your little group, your little tribe, become the person that everyone goes to for this one thing. So you need to at least have that much knowledge. And if you don't think you have that much knowledge, well, then you probably shouldn't be starting a business on it, right? So have at least as much knowledge as you need to become the leader of your little tribe. And once you do that, now, okay, now you've got testimonials. Now you've got people who believe in you. Now you believe in yourself. Ah, now it's easy to approach someone in a gym or it's easy to approach someone in a business and and go, hey, I can help you with this because I have confidence. And that's what's missing in everyone's business, man. It's so simple. But everyone goes, well, I want to acquire customers. I want to acquire clients. Man, what do you mean you want to acquire clients? You've got 500 of them in front of you that you just don't even see every day. Go help people. And then you'll clients will come to you because people will be telling you how great you are, right? And that's we talked about that before, Ash, on the podcast where you know, I try to live my life in a way that I don't have to tell people how great I am. Other people will tell people how great I am. Like, I don't want to be the guy on social media with, with the, the megaphone going, well, follow me. I'm amazing. I'm going to help you. Uh, to me, I, it's not my personality, right? Like, I want to be the type of person who's helping people. And then I want other people going, hey, man, this guy really helped me. That That's what 
I mean, that, and that wasn't always my intent, to be honest, but that's organically what happened. And that's what I see is if you help people, they will always tell others about it. And that's the beauty of life is uh, you don't have to go out and shout to the world how awesome you are. You wait for the world to tell you how awesome you are. Okay, that's another really good segue that is probably going to be mildly embarrassing for you because I know you don't like to have people say sort of nice things in front of you. But <laughs> we we talked a little bit about giving back to the people who are taking the time to engage with the podcast, right? And like, tell us what they've learned and, and tell us what they appreciate and, and what they're sharing with their community. Because that's the whole point of this, right? You're trying to teach people or like put information out there so that they can use it and then share it with their community. And it's like this whole sort of ripple effect. And so what we want to do is respond to the people who are doing that. And so one thing that I would like to do, and I know it's embarrassing for you, but too bad, is read like an awesome review maybe every Q&A and if this person hears the review and reaches out to us on Instagram at the Muscle Intelligence Podcast we'll send them a thank you gift are you okay with that? <laughs> yeah of course uh, listen, deal with it they're saying yeah, nice I, things I love it I mean it's great I'm, and I'm so grateful for everybody that does that and Ash I'm grateful for you reading it to not forcing me to do it yeah, I know that is the worst, right? Like I know when I do when I host like Paleo magazine and I sometimes want like there's a really great review and I'm like, "Oh man, this is the corniest thing in the world. I have to read someone else telling me that I'm awesome." Like I kind of love it, but it's a very yeah. weird feedback loop. Anyway, okay. So, here is one review that I thought was really good. So, this is from Keith Irving. So, Keith, if you hear this, Again, reach out to us on Instagram, Muscle Intelligence Podcast, and we'll hook you up. But he says, I love this podcast because it always offers another topic, but also another perspective on the human body, the world we live in, and how the two affect one another. As a bodybuilder myself and personal trainer, I'm always seeking more knowledge, and this is my favorite place to go to listen to some real, factual, valid knowledge and educate myself to go above and beyond what most trainers do. You get more than just information on training. It's a melting pot for all things health and longevity. Great work, Ben, and all the guests on the show. Thank you. And P.S. Ashley is the best. I added that part, but the rest of <laughs> I was it is all that part. That's fine. <laughs> I added the Ashley is the best, but you know. Anyway, so Keith, that was awesome. Like that's the kind of thing that that really matters, though. Is again this engagement because I'm sure you feel this. Like you have like a very sort of engaged audience on social media and stuff. But so often we're putting out this stuff that's like really, really deep and meaningful, at least to us personally. If you don't have people respond and say, like, this is what I got from this, or this is what I think, or maybe I disagree with you on something, like, without having that engagement, I mean, there's really only so far we can take it, right? Yeah. And that's one thing that always crosses my mind, right? It is this reality that, I mean, I'm so blessed. And I'm literally still humbled every time somebody sends in a review like that. But I'm also aware of this reality that if someone doesn't like the podcast, they're not going to send us a review and go, dude, you suck. They're just not going to come back. And I, I really want to do my best. Some of them do. Sometimes I, some people, some people say me yeah. things. <laughs> not that many, but yeah. Yeah. But most of the time it's just like, I'm not going to come back. So I want to be so conscious of clarifying who we are, what we do and, and what our mission is. And if we can do that for everybody, then it's polarizing, right? We talked about that in the beginning is, you know, if I can say in the intro what this podcast is about, then you know, like, hey, either I like this guy and I like what he's about, or I think he's full of baloney and I'm out. And I really want to make sure it's polarizing like that because then, then it's easy for the listener to go, I like this, I can share this, right? And, and the simple question of you know referral in business is how likely are you to suggest this podcast? And if it's like a scale of one to 10, if everyone who's listening is an eight and above or ideally a 10, well, then we're winning. We're doing a really good job on clarifying our message. And if we're not, then we're doing a poor job and need to upgrade it and you know, make sure the messaging is always harmonious, meaning we're always talking about the same topics. We're always talking about things that people can relate to. And not everything's going to be 100% in alignment with what you what you want to hear because maybe you're like, oh, I don't think that's important. But I also want people to learn to trust me 
in my ability to curate information and say, hey, guys, this is important. Pay attention to this. I'm shining a light in your eyes here. Pay attention to this. If you're not already, it's very important. And uh, hopefully, eventually, a lot of the listeners will will trust us enough to come back, regardless of the topic of the podcast. If the intro doesn't say something that sounds appealing to them, they still know, well, Ben and Ash wouldn't allow something on this podcast that wasn't really, really important and really relevant. And that's kind of where we hopefully are very get, getting very close to being. I love it. Can I ask one more crowdsourced question before we wrap this up today? Absolutely. Okay. Because this is kind of a cool one. It's one that I actually really haven't seen before, but we talk a lot on the podcast and maybe because I'm selfishly asking the question because it's it's, it's related to me, but the idea of like sympathetic versus parasympathetic and how if you're always in a sympathetic state, how you can sort of bring yourself down and, and chill out or whatever. But this person was was sending a message that they're the opposite. Like they're always in this kind of chill, like calm sort of state. Congratulations. That must be nice. And they're asking the question, how, in, in addition to breathing, because I'm sure breathing is one of the answers, what are some ways you can get yourself sort of like focused and mentally sharp and sort of excited and upregulated to like do a good workout, for example, or maybe like attack a really busy day of work. If you're somebody who just tends toward being just a little bit more sort of chill and relaxed all the time. Well, this may be a dopamine thing, right? So if they're constantly getting bombarded with too much dopamine, or if they had it to as a kid, or if they had some type of neurological, uh, or maybe poor diet as a kid, all this stuff can kind of downregulate the sensitivity of your nervous system, downregulate your body's ability to make hormones and neurotransmitters, or maybe they're just a chilled out person to begin with. Like, I don't know the, the person's personality, right? If, if it's actually like, am I chilled? Or am I, so what I'm looking for? Like lethargic, maybe. Uh, well, or... Yeah, lethargic or uh, apathetic. Apathetic is the word I'm looking for, right? Uh, so if you're apathetic, that's one thing. That's a completely different scenario than if you're just kind of chilled out, right? So apathy is, is this idea of like, I have no kind of motivation to get up and do things. I'm just really lacking desire. And that's very different than if I have desire and I'm just kind of tired today. And so there's so many things that could go into getting you fired up. But I'll tell you the simplest thing is sometimes you just have to dig into your soul and, and push as hard as you can right now. And it's like exercise, right? Don't do it once a day. Don't do it once a week. Do it every day. And it doesn't have to be for a long duration, but you're creating the habit and you're creating these new neural circuits that allow your brain to dig into these places that are challenging for you, that are hard. And you're creating the habit of hard work. And this is something that I'm so fascinated with is, you know, habits are the foundation of success, right? You know, Aristotle said it best is, you know, excellence is just not an act, it's a habit. And that's just, you know, how do we create habits of excellence? How do we create habits of intensity? And every time I see myself acknowledging or not, sorry, every time I see myself creating a habit that I'm not happy with, and it's sometimes even the way I speak on the podcast or my posture when we're talking on the podcast or, you know, any habit that I'm not really happy about, I break it right then and there, right? I'm like, I got to change this now. And, you know, I see myself getting in slump sometimes because you're so focused on certain things, boom, you break it. And all of a sudden it's no longer a habit, right? You start creating the habit that goes in the opposite direction. So for that person asking that question, find the times when you feel like you have the most energy or the most motivation and use that to push your call it energy level from wherever you happen to be up a notch or three, right? Like really try to, to use what you've got to increase the scope of your kind of the ascension of energy. So we want to get you up as high as we can so that you can come down lower, right? This life should be this balance of like, I want to push hard and then we we'll recover hard. It shouldn't be this constant mediocre flux that exists in the middle. I want to be able to push up, you know, high amounts of neurotransmitters, high amounts of dopamine, adrenaline, cortisol, you know, really, really amplified, intense workout, 700 pound squat. And then I want to go have a nap and meditate like a Buddha, right? Those are my kind of opposite ends of the spectrum, or I want to be able to sprint 100 meters in 10 seconds, 
And then I want to be able to recover and breathe and be as calm as I can immediately, right? It's a switch. So being able to access those states is literally the definition of resilience and being anti-fragile. It's like I need to be able to attack and then calm down, right? So that would be a good objective for people. You know, when you feel the desire to push a little bit or when you have that little bit of energy, use it and amplify it turn up the volume by one, two, three knobs as much as you possibly can. Awesome. I love it. I know you have to go, but thanks for the catch up, Ben. It's it's good to be back. Ash, I think you're great. Thank you. I think you're a great co-host. Thank you. I try really hard. I think we should be friends. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll think about it. We'll work on it. <laughs> All right. Great to hear from you, Ash. Thank you for jumping on the call. And I appreciate you so much, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you guys are regular listeners of the show, we want to take care of you. We want to hook you up. Uh, Blue Box is going to sponsor this podcast for us, and you guys can pick up your sweet styling pair of Blue Blocks, Blue Blocking glasses to allow you to ultimately get deeper sleep and get better focus. Bluebox.com slash muscle intelligence or use the code muscle, M U S C L E. And we are so grateful for you. We're so grateful for Blue Box. And Ash, you know, I'm grateful for you. You're wonderful. Thank you for being here and have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Bikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.